everybody and welcome to another episode of input Two, the podcast as a part of bite bsu where we talk about films some things in the film industry and terrible executive ideas i am your host tanner canami and with me today i have a couple of lovely guests why don't you introduce yourselves um i'm mckenna cole and i'm eli silkland excellent thank you for coming on the show uh Thanks. today I, we're going to be discussing, as I have mentioned, terrible executive decisions. <laughs> Although, technically, this is only a rumor. So, But I thought it'd be good to base an episode on, because it's been being talked about a lot, and there's a lot to say about it. So, uh, the rumor come out. A report from Variety was released that highlighted the life of film and TV producer Norman Lear, who produced All in the Family, uh, which was a very popular sitcom from the 70s, which we talked about a lot in my television studies class, and you know, it's fine. Uh, in this report, it was hinted by Sony P- P- Pictures executive, chief executive, excuse me, Tony Vinciquiera. <laughs> oh, Butchering names, again, yeah. is what we do here on Input 2. Uh, that The Princess Bride, a film supported and funded partially by Lear in its early stages, could see, potentially see a reboot. Here's the quote that's been circulating. Very famous people whose names I won't use. They want to redo The Princess Bride. And for for only being one sentence, <laughs> there's so much like threat. It's like a threat, right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I agree. It is. Uh, Sony is not unfamiliar with remakes of their IP, but something about the thought of remaking The Princess Bride makes people uncomfortable. Yeah, some might even call it inconceivable. Haha, <clears throat> very good joke. Excellent. The joke everyone has made already. Actually, everyone. So. Just to get started, I want to ask you two, what are your initial thoughts on the idea of a remake of The Princess Bride? Let's start with you, Eli. Um, I was horrified by the thought of them remaking The Princess <laughs> horrified. Bride. Horrified? Horrified. Exactly. Um, when I originally heard it, I was like, please don't. Don't don't touch my childhood like that. I've already had enough torture with like remakes of like, you know, Aladdin and other you know Disney films now. Sony's yeah. getting in on it yeah. again, and so yeah, Sony's done it before. They've Shout outs to Ghostbusters 2016. Yep, and 2016, right? Yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah. I know it's right. <laughs> the years are flying by. Oh yeah, <laughs> but uh, I mean, it doesn't mean I'm not forgetting about these films. Please don't remake them into something that was worse. Absolutely. What about you, McKenna? Yeah, please don't remake it. Please, please don't. <laughs> it's it's such an iconic movie. And one that, like, I don't know, it's always good to watch when you watch it, no matter how you feel, because, like, whether you're already feeling happy or sad, it's it's a movie that kind of still makes you feel good. And I I just can't see it being remade, like, as, oh my gosh, like, I was, I was freaking out when I first heard the news, because I'm like, we already have so many remakes, like, so many remakes already happened this year, like, can they please stop? <laughs> Yeah, certainly. And they will keep happening forever. I hope not. Yeah. So I do want to know, uh, you've kind of already touched upon that the idea is inherently bad, but is do you think there's some merit to it? Remaking The Princess Bride? It is an older movie. It is a fairly old movie now. From It's 87, of course. I mean, I feel like it's not really like time-based for the movies specifically because mm. like... With games and stuff, you can like improve graphics and other yeah, because like that. those sorts of developments in games yeah. happened fairly happened very recently as technology yeah. gets better. But yeah. in terms of film, filmmaking and, and like in quality, like we have better cameras, but yeah. 
it filmmaking hasn't gotten that much better. And it, yeah. sorry, sorry, but um, you can't really redo like a lot of kind of like live action kind of things. Like people are still people. It's not like you can like bump up the quality of their like their smile or something during yeah. this one scene. Like that's just having them do retakes of mm-hmm. the entire thing. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Anything you want to add? I mean, I I agree with that. There, there's just certain. I don't want to say moments, but characteristics. That's one. Certain things. Yes, certain things, where you can't really change it differently without feeling like. Because with the Aladdin remake, a lot of people were on the <laughs> offense of Will Smith becoming the genie. But that was my... the best part of the movie. But yeah, someone actually told me like. It was actually pretty, like, his take on it was pretty good, but it was his take. It wasn't he was trying to replace Robin Williams. It was just he was doing his own take on it. But back to um, the, I almost said Princess Diaries, The Princess Bride. (laughs) Hey, that's a different film. Where's that remake? I know. Where's that remake coming? (laughs) I could actually see that being remade instead of The Princess Bride. Um, Yeah, but there's, there's just some characteristics, like, if someone tries to copy it, it just won't be the same it won't be as iconic mm-hmm. as it initially was yeah and that idea is reflected by a lot of not just fans of course because fans are furious there yeah. there's an up there was an uproar on twitter but also very famous people are furious about this film including the act the actor who plays wesley uh carrie I- ellis uh he shared his thoughts on twitter which was quoted in a report by cnn uh, that says there's a shortage of perfect movies in this world it would be a pity to damage this one. Retweet. <laughs> and other very famous people like uh, Jamie, Jamie Lee Curtis and Seth Rogen spoke about the rumors as well, confused to why it would even be considered. And, of course, fans up in our, our, up in arms on Twitter. And we're up in arms, apparently. Uh, so I want to ask, is a lot of what people have been describing is that The Princess Bride, you know, Elwes himself said that it's a perfect movie. So... Is there such thing as a perfect movie or something like that? I mean, I don't think anything is technically perfect. That's just how no, my, of course be- not. my beliefs are. Um, so, I mean, I feel like Princess Bride isn't, but there's like the flaws that I can think of are very, very minuscule, and that's just be me, me being nitpicky about it. Mm-hmm. So, I think overall, like, it is a very close, like, you know, like, if you're going to give it a scale, it'd be, like, 9.9, you know? It's awfully darn close. Yeah. Yeah, I have to agree. I, I would, I'm not going to lie. I'm going to take it just, to, I'm going to say 9.99. Nine po- <laughs> we're getting real close. I real mean, it, close. it's just, it's just, uh, it, again, it's such an iconic film. And I, I even, actually, I did retweet his, uh, tweet himself <laughs> you did retweet it. i did retweet it because it would be such a pity to damage it like i i just can't see it being remade and it's it's just such a good film i loved it i'm so happy my parents yeah. showed it to me yeah and i mean there there are a lot of things that go into making this kind of movie i would better describe it as uh lightning in a bottle uh film one of those films that everything came together at the right place at the right time to create the right movie. Yes. And it's hard to replicate that. Yeah. Uh, are there any other movies beside The Princess Bride that you would consider along that category that you don't see being remade or have been remade already, even though they shouldn't yes. have been? Yes. Uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Ferris Bueller's Day Off. I cannot see that being remade. If it is, I will be so sad. <laughs> okay. All right, Eli? 
Um, this is going to be coming from left field, but I'm going to say Megamind. 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 Ooh, Megamind. That's a, that's a little it's recent. That, the, the it's a little film? It's a, yeah, yeah, the, the cartoon film. Yeah, the yeah. Dreamworks film. It is, okay. It's really underrated. It has a lot of iconic moments in it, and it's a subversion of superhero genres. Um, yeah, I it's, mean, it's a really of, interesting subversion. I'm yeah. sorry. No, you're, no, you're good. You're good. But, it, it's kind of coming up in popularity again. I mean, yeah. I'm seeing it I'm seeing it more on Reddit again, yeah, and I'm like, oh, memes, yeah. yeah. Yeah, the memes are coming back. <laughs> and it really is a good film. I remember, yeah. I remember fondly really liking Megamind, and I was never a DreamWorks person. I remember watching it, and I was like, wow, this is great. Not even mm-hmm. Shrek. I, I mean, Shrek's fine. It's fine. Shrek, it's film, fine. This film podcast has now been canceled. I'm sorry, everyone. No, no I'm sorry. I'm messing with so, you. Yeah, so I guess what we can start discussing now is what is the sauce that goes into the making this kind, of, this kind of movie? And specifically, what makes The Princess Bride so good? I think it depends on the um, the type of movie that you enjoy. I think it depends on the person. Um, for me, I'm someone who enjoys a lot of like kind of satirical things, um, things that might have a, a t- stereotypical take on a um, show or something like that, but then like twists it just a little bit, like always throws the viewers off in like either some funny fashion or some like, oh, looks like we got you at the end, like you know, like um, heist films are something that yeah. I really enjoy. Like Ocean's Eleven, I think that's fantastic <gasps> yes. film. And The Princess Bride sort of takes that, um, but with like medieval kind of ways. Yeah. Like, yes, you have the stereotypical, like, I'm going to rescue the princess, but there's like so much more story to it. And there's a lot mm-hmm. more like, it's not like a noble knight. It's, yeah. There's a lot that, yeah. go, that went into the creation of the story mm-hmm. and what makes it so different. And uh, of course... A satire of the genre, a parody of it, uh, a- to aping on those tropes while making your own take and making commentary on them. Anything you wanted to say, McKenna? Um, along with that, because it makes me when you mentioned Ocean's Eleven, because just there's also the comedy to it, but it's not supposed to be very obvious. Like mm. it's just there. Yeah, it's subtle. It's subtle. Yes, subtle. There we. <laughs> I'm, I'm forgetting my words this week, man. It's all good. Um, but it's yeah, it's very subtle. Like there's comedy there, but it's just not like ha 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 ha. It's just like to me, it sometimes like takes a moment, and then I'm like, oh, that's actually really funny. Yeah. And of course, those are things we will be discussing when we get into talking about the film, which we are going to start <laughs> right now. All right, so uh, let's go ahead and talk about the Princess Bride itself because we both literally all three just watched it out in the pod. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so oh. the Princess Bride was originally released on October 9th of 1987, and is uh, a project of director producer Rob Reiner, uh, and written by uh, William Goldman, who also wrote the book. So mm-hmm. he wrote the screenplay and the book itself, which oh. is really convenient. Yeah. Uh, so here are a few reviews, and these are from across different periods of time. I did my best to find reviews from as close to when the movie released as possible. Yeah. I was only able to find one looking it up, hmm. one that was archived at least. Uh, the first one I found is from Roger Ebert. I believe it was around 2000 when he reviewed it uh, for his site. It is filled with good-hearted fun with perf- with performances by actors who seem to be smacking their lips and by a certain true innocence that survives all of Reiner's satire. 
Uh, here is a review from NYT's Janet Maslin back in 1987 when the film released. Its look is modest. Even the high-flying adventure seams have a mild quality. But The Princess Bride is a, unify a unifying conviction. Mr. Reiner seems to understand exactly what Mr. Goldman loves about stories of this kind, and he conveys it with clarity and affection. And here's a negative review uh, that I found from Variety. I believe it was 2006 was this one was published. Uh, based on William Goldman's novel, this is a postmodern fairy tale that challenges and affirms the conventions of a genre that may not be flexible enough to support such horseplay. It's sort of in um, going off of these reviews, my initial thought is um, for the Variety one, when they say support such horseplay, have they not seen Monty Python and the rest <laughs> of the Holy Grail. Have they not seen that? Yeah, at there all? was there was no specific film. writer. I'm sorry, yeah, there was no specific writer attached to the review. It just said variety staff, which huh. was like somebody doesn't want to take credit for this. <laughs> Someone doesn't want to take credit. <laughs> but um, sorry, continuing on, um, I'm not sure what Roger Ebert means by smacking their lips exactly uh, in that yeah, I don't, review. I don't either. Like, uh, I think just having a good time. Is oh, okay. what, that's what. That's how I read it, because the rest of the review was very positive. Oh, okay. I just gotcha. took this quote out. Uh, okay. <laughs> just because I, I thought it fit what uh, the movie is. And we've already talked about the film mm -hmm. in a general sense, so let's move on to some more specifics with it. Mm -hmm. uh, obviously, the movie is a comedy, and we've already touched upon some of the comedic elements in the film, but it's also a primarily a satire in line with Rob Reiner's other work. It makes the comedy more offbeat it's mm -hmm. very much on the comedy just is there it doesn't it's not making jokes necessarily it's just being played straight and the situations yeah. are funny and the characters are funny so as a result it's funny as a whole so what aspects of this parody of fantasy fairy tale uh stories works especially well in the film do you think Again, do you want to... Oh, you're going to... Okay, you're going <laughs> to come after me. I was going to yeah. say, Wallace Shawn, he just makes the entire... <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. He makes the entire thing great. It's just because his comedy and his tone and how he takes it. Because I think he says most of the subtle comedy, at least in the first half an hour. Yeah. But... Yeah, that's that's what I, maybe I'll have more once. Yeah, Eli once, says yeah, there, and there might be some. <laughs> yeah, there might be some more stuff here. I think it all plays off of um, like Wesley's um, the uh, Carrie Ellis Ellis Ellis. Um, I think it all plays off of his performance because the story does focus primarily on him. Like looking back on a lot of the scenes, um, yes, he's a very like he can be a very serious character, and a lot of people like originally they think, oh man, it's the Dread Pirate Roberts. But, like, honestly, like, he's such, like, a wholehearted character, yet you can, like, we as a cast, or not as a cast, as an audience, recognize, oh, he's Wesley, like, we all can know and love him, but, like, everyone else around him thinks, oh, man, like, he's just some, like, unknown person, the man, like, you know, the man in black, like, we don't know who he is, and he just jokes around with people, and it sort of intimidates him, and we take that intimidation but we know, like, he's not actually, like, going to really kill anyone unless he really has to. Yeah, it's uh, certainly a film that plays on audience expectations, which is what makes good satire. Mm -hmm. uh, what Are there any other moments that you think stand out in terms of really, like, subverting expectations in a way that's intellectually done and not done for shock value, Ryan Johnson? <laughs> <Either> <laughs> 
<laughs> Gotta put that one in there. Oh, Again, God. we're canceling this web program afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, what 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 scenes were memorable in terms of either just as good co- comedic moments or <laughs> good comedic moments or just good satire as a whole? Eli, go first. Yeah, um, going off of that, I think the most iconic scene from the entire film, uh, for me at least, is the um, the poison. You know, like the, 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 the battle of the, the wits, wits, the battle, yeah. of, battle, of, battle of the wits, because you know by the end of the battle of the wits, you know. Obviously, our protagonist survives, but when he gets asked about the poison, he says, oh, I just put it in both drinks. Like, I've grown immune to it. Like, and that's such a good subversion because when you're watching that part, you're just, like, all thrown off and you're like, it. the tensions are there when you originally watch it. At least I, that's what I remember from watching it when I was, like, eight or something like yeah. that. But, like, afterwards, you're just like, oh, man, this guy's basically invincible and he doesn't really fear death at all like, yeah you're you're you as an audience member are sort of put into the role of fred savage in the film where you're just kind of listening to what's going on and you if you're, it's your first time watching you don't really and like you'd have no prior experience with the film it's kind of hard because it's very much a piece of pop culture mm-hmm. uh, but if you have no connection to the film like uh our good friend kyle crawford uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you're like him you have no you don't know what's going to happen so you're you're on the you're on the edge of your seat just like fred savage is in the film yeah i still can't believe that fred savage it really is wonder years fred savage amazing <laughs> I just love that the grandpa's savage. <laughs> the grandpa's no, um, savage. Got him. But but besides I would say besides the battle of wits, um one moment that sticks out to me is Miracle Max. That that's <laughs> probably one of my favorite yeah. parts. I didn't know that was Billy Crystal yep, until it's today. Sure is Billy Crystal. Um, and if you've seen Monsters and, and Inc. Carol Kane, I love Carol Kane because she's in uh, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt and she's just hysterical in general and absolutely love her so when they're doing that scene it's funny because like he's so down on himself <laughs> and instead of like admitting going yeah this is my wife he's like no she's a witch you're a witch <laughs> witch get out get out <laughs> alright yeah so yeah this movie does a great job with comedy and I think a lot of that comes from the movie six, a lot, and a lot of the movie's success as a whole comes from its cast of pretty much perfect character in terms of like casting and characters it's near perfect Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. in terms of how everything came together so i want to ask you what do you think makes these performances so timeless and memorable uh because like i hadn't seen the film in quite a long time Mm -hmm. Uh, i don't know how long it's been since you've seen the film been years years what about you mckenna um yeah it's been a few years at least uh certainly it's been quite a while since i've seen the film so I still remember a lot of the characters and the moments in the film, and I like barely remember the story as a whole. So it's like, how what makes these characters so memorable? Um, I think it honestly just depends on like how much the story focuses on the interactions between the characters. Because if you go to like any kind of current like film, like look at the latest Avengers film, like like they don't really explain like a lot of like the characters and like where they come from or like how they interact they're just like oh we got to do this one thing let's go do this one thing you know um no but, I, I was i thought the mic was shaking i thought it was gonna retract on me again oh you're, you're good <laughs> but um anyways i think that the um like the current films and today they just are focused on the plot a lot and not like the little interactions between the characters and like the only humor when i can of what i can think of with like the more recent actors and stuff is like 
for example, in I'm going to just use Avengers again, but like Iron Man, like his only main joke or line is calling people not by their name. Like wow, when he amazing. sees Thor, like all like not really <laughs> like when he like loses it, he's like fat Thor. Yeah, yeah, he's like Fortnite Thor. He's like, oh look, Lebowski. it's it's Lebowski, and we as an audience were like, oh that's funny, but then after the twentieth time, we're just like, we don't we don't care. It's wow, hilarious! Wow, wow. yeah, Great. the reference it. like everything else is in this um, entire film. It's true, mm-hmm. true. And did you want? What about you, McKenna? What did you think? Can what do you think about? Be, it? I'm sorry, I'm now uh, stuck in terms on the of uh, making what makes perform the performances so memorable. Do you think? Oh, I think it, it's literally the people themselves and just the chemistry between them. Because um, I just Andre the Giant Rip. Yeah, rest in peace. Beautiful man, amazing wrestler. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, him and, well, Sean's chemistry, it's kind of funny because, well, Sean's so aggressive towards him and uh, Andre the Giant's like this kind of teddy bear and just like the beginning oh shoot I'm losing my I can't remember he not the I'm waiting part but he says something else or no he's like I'll find another giant yeah. <laughs> and uh, Andre the giant's character he's like oh please don't say that <laughs> please yeah. don't say that hurts my feelings I think that's also like another subversion of like stereotypes within the film because when you think of giants and like medieval tales and stuff you're like oh my gosh they're just gigantic they're scary they're they're not really that smart but they're intimidating yeah like but in the in the film he's like cracking like jokes at Fizzini and he's making like a lot of like rhyming things just to get on his nerves he's a smart he's smarter than he looks and he's very smart sportsman like in the film him oh yeah and that in the film he intentionally misses the man in black just so that he can like give him a warning because he's like I want to do this sportsman like and he loses the battle he could have killed Wesley oh very easily if he wanted I would just snap him like a stick yeah Yeah. exactly but he fought you know sportsman like which is something that isn't typical of a yeah it's not something you would have seen especially uh, not before the princess bride in terms of because you know these sorts of subversions they eventually become part of the part of the pop culture yeah uh, which is something, you know, something to think about. Yeah. Uh, do you think that any of these performances could be replicated or outdone even in a hypothetical situation? Mm, no. No? <laughs> no. Why don't you elaborate on, on that? You have? Can you elaborate on <laughs> <Yeah>. that? <laughs> is it just a simple no and all be all? <laughs> no. No. Just a simple answer. Um, no, seriously, I cannot see it being... Like, are you meaning by someone else or by them again? Uh, n- other people, because for the most other part, other people know. No, no. Yeah, it, it would feel too odd to me because I'm like, it's these characters, mo- like it's these actors' moments, and I feel like if another actor's trying to take it away, and someone's like, oh, they did brilliantly, it's like, um, watch the original version, please, because then you'll like see who truly made it. Um, but just. No, I can't see someone else. I can't see it being replicated. All right. What about you, Eli? I feel like some of the characters could be replicated, like the prince and, like, you know, like the main villains. But 
in terms of the protagonists and like okay, that, like yeah. Fazzini, you know, Inigo or Inigo Inigo Montoya. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why mess up his name, Eli? I'm sorry. He only says it multiple times in the movie. Yeah. You know, you know the main, you know the main kind of protagonist within the film. Like I don't think can be replicated just because like they have such iconic like voice like voices and like when you can like think of a certain scene like you know like the fencing scene at the very beginning you're like yes i can picture this like frame by frame because their style and like how they joke around and like their expressions are just there like mm-hmm. if you go to like watch more current movies like you either have like the really dull character and they're like you know they're like life is hard or you have like the, either the happy go lucky but these characters learn how to like balance it it out you know like you see like um wesley like in pain and like he literally like will have no mercy on his enemies but like he's really caring for you know buttercup like there's just so much dynamics within all these characters there's a lot of nuance to the characters and that is partially in writing and partially in the performances okay i do change my mind the the prince can be redone but no one else no one (laughs) okay one character there you go, Sony. That's your start. I think it's mainly because we just don't like that character. We don't. He, he just seems very bland. Yeah. To me. Yeah. 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 Like, it's a little bland. Honestly, Buttercup's a little bland too. Which yeah. is weird because like Count Count Rugen, um, I can't see him being replaced either. Like his iconic like eye looks and everything. I, yeah. I think I, it's. Sorry, uh, but I think it's because like those main those characters are like your stereotypical kind of like medieval yeah. like, characters. You're like, oh, she's just a princess, and oh, it's a prince, and like, granted, like he's not like he's just a stereotypical villain. He just yeah wants to conquer like other nations and he'll do true. whatever. Yeah, yeah. and because you know there there are these. They have to keep the tropes of these characters so they can subvert some of them and keep some of them the same. Yeah. I mean, he's not a regular prince. He wants to kill his wife and have that's, a war. That's true. The the whole the killing the wife, the, the fact that he's the one who does the murder plot. Ooh, wow, what a twist. I forgot. Yeah, I actually forgot that he's the one that does that. And I was like, oh, have you okay. For, have you forgot about King Henry VIII? No. <laughs> Shout out to the history buffs out there. No, I remember it. King... Wait, is it? Oh, yeah. Wait, it, no, it is wait, King no. Henry the Eighth. No, or is it the Fifth? It, oh, God, you got of, me messed up. One of them up. killed all their wives. It's Eighth. It should be Eighth. It's well, the Eighth. I was okay. right. Ooh. I was like, oh, my gosh, don't mess me up, Eli. <laughs> I love history. Don't a his- mess me up. This is now a history podcast. Congratulations. <laughs> oh, my gosh, we should do that. In, this is what That's what the Input 2 remake is going to be. <laughs> I'm gonna say, I'm actually gonna have a meeting now. <laughs> it's a spin-off series. It's a, it's a spin-off. Oh no. Oh no. <laughs> no All right, uh, let's let's so move yeah, on. So so moving on from that, uh another as we've touched upon with the writing, the narrative structure of the film is very unique. It's very meta. Cause you have the two layers of the film in terms of there's this the world of the Princess Bride, and then there's Fred Savage and his grandpa. Uh, I don't even remember the character. He's just the kid, I think. He's just the kid no, it's the literally grandpa. grandson and grandfather. Grandfather. Oh, Fred or, Savage. Hold on, was it? The grandson and the grand... Yeah, grandson yeah. and grandfather. Fred Savage, star of the wizard, uh, as we know. <laughs> and his grandfather. And th- there's, there's two different worlds and the two different dynamics uh, playing on each other throughout the film. 
uh, you know, the story is frequently interrupted by Fred Savage being like, this is stupid. This can't happen. And then he's like shaking and he was really getting into it. And you sort of like, he's like I said before, he serves as like an audience surrogate, but also as, you know, a character in the movie. There are still characters yeah. that have their own personalities. Uh, how do you, does the film, does this unique structure work to make the film more engaging? Do you think? Or does it like take away from it? What if this was just straight up the story of the Princess Bride without the father, without the grandfather and Fred Savage? Would it be the same movie, or what is something missing then? He has a name, and it's Peter Falk. I think that's how you say. It. Okay. I'm so sorry if I butchered that. We butcher names all the time. On I input know. Too. I'm terrible with names. Technically, I don't even say my last name right. But anyway. Um, <laughs> No, because I actually like that because it's it's different. It's we get the it. Oh gosh, I'm gonna mess up. But just having the grandfather and the grandson is also iconic. I'm gonna say iconic a lot, and I usually don't. <laughs> but it's different, and it's it adds to the comedy kind of. Because <laughs> like how uh, we were watching that one part where the. Fred Savage is like, I told you, and... Yes, you're very smart. Shut up. (laughs) (laughs) And the delivery of that is perfect. Yeah, exactly. And it's, like, going right back into the story. So there's, like, a laugh as we're getting back into the action and drama. And just, if it was just the uh, Princess Bride itself, I feel like it would be seen more as an action or romantic romantic. Romantic, com- romantic comedy, fantasy, action, fairy tale, it's something. Well, no, I don't everything. think there would be really <laughs> There's comedy because... There. Oh, yeah, because it's played straight. Yeah. For the most part. And every, it's funny by circumstance. Because technically it's the grandfather telling the story, so we don't know if he's ad-libbing yeah, he stuff. Mm, yeah, that's mm. true. And that's another thing to consider with Yeah, it. exactly. And it's another <laughs> thing that could play onto a potential remake. Stop. <laughs> but um, I think um, generally... I. I think that the um, the retelling, the telling of the story through the grandfather, is a really great idea. Um, can you sort of touch on it a little bit? But like, it sort of like relieves the tension of the like like film because otherwise, like throughout the film, like for a great example is like the shrieking eels part because like oh my god yeah that the beginning part like granted like it's just the beginning of the film but they put they put a lot of stress on like the audience. Like, even, like, watching it, like, you know, a couple minutes ago, I was like, oh, man, like, I forgot, like, how, like, dense yeah, they, it, like, it's, make the scene. Yeah, it's a, there are some really tense moments, and the scenes with the grandpa and Fred Savage work to help ease that tension, uh, keep the audience grounded, and not, like, you know, they keep them engaged. It, mm-hmm. It's a really great that's, narrative tool. That's still, I mean, because the first break, I think, is when uh, he's like, oh, she doesn't die. Savage is like what and he's like he doesn't she doesn't die like you looked nervous so I'm gonna tell you now she doesn't die she's fine she doesn't die here yeah Yeah. ooh ooh alright and I guess just as the last thing in terms of direction and production what aspects stand out to you Uh, specifically there's some moments with lighting we noted that were very very effective yeah think the best performance of like lighting like i felt like they like umped the video quality for like a solid couple minutes um was when it, like Inigo, Mont- Inigo i can't pronounce Inigo it montoya Inigo montoya he said like he's trying to find the pit of despair and the camera 
is like straight up on him, and there's some god or god rays, yeah, god rays, god rays behind him, and the sword's just pointed right at the camera, and he is like asking his father for like you know help finding the pit, and it's just very clear, like clear cut, and I feel like looking back on that now, I'm like, holy crap, this is like fantastic scene. Like, why do I not remember that? Like, yeah, because it's ingrained in my mind. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, a lot of great moments. And, mm-hmm. of course, the fencing scene. Yes. Classic. <laughs> That's the best. As it's a classic scene. Very. That's my favorite All scene. the shots are composed well there. Uh, what about you, McKenna? Was there any any specific scenes that stand out to you in terms of, like, production? Oh, production-wise. Just, just in terms of, you know, directing, camera work, lighting, stuff like that. Um. Well, I mean, Eli took the one, but... <laughs> I'm gonna go back to the fencing scene because it's such an iconic moment. There, it's showing, it's starting off the comedy more. Yeah. Because um, you know they're both like, oh, I'm not right-handed, you know. And <laughs> I'm not left-handed either. Oh, it is left-handed. Yeah. Oh my gosh, yeah. it is left-handed. Oh no! Wow. Uh, it's gone. It's gone. Oh, huh, time to remake it's... it. <laughs> Stop it. No. Um. Yeah, I would say those two stand out the most because, I mean, the rest of the time the lighting's about the same. No, the, um, um, oh my gosh, when Princess Buttercup's like, oh, what about the... What, what about um, the R-O-U-S's? Yes, and he's like, those things don't exist, and just one flies right at him. <laughs> the like, timing on that is so good, and the puppet looks great, too. Yeah, it does. Yeah. It actually does, which is strange because it... it it's either a puppet or a man in a suit. I'm pretty sure it's a puppet. It kind of. I, I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be surprised if it was a smaller man in the suit. Like how it, it waddles. Happened. That's what my thoughts were originally when I first saw that. I was like, oh, that's it's a man. Creepy. In it could be a man in a suit. It's. It looks great. Whatever it is. Yeah. yeah. Um. But. Yeah, I don't know where I was going yeah, with that. No. Uh, that. That's it. Like. And yeah, some of the some of the editing tricks and the sound stuff they do work well to make. You know, it all comes together to make a film that is very, very hard to replicate. He always got something. Yeah. I think um, another point that is great with this film is um, the amount of, like, sets and props that they used for oh, yeah. the film. Because there's no there's no CGI in this film. Like, is there? I, uh, if there, I, no, I, I didn't I notice so. any, like, no. noticeable moments of CGI. Because it was... No. It was like a stage play for yeah. the most part. It was all very a lot of practical effects, even the, like the pyrotechnics in the fire swamp. Yeah, definitely, like, definitely real fire. Mm-hmm. I would think because I think or you know like lighting tricks. Well, yeah, but I think like with the uh, fire swamp, they had to have the bubble the or what to call the what do you say bubbling or ticking? Yeah, the, yeah, the ticking. The yeah, the ticking beforehand because I mean like in Wizard of Oz they didn't use CGI and I don't think the actress really had any warning she actually ended up getting burnt completely so they probably if they were using much more fire they probably like had to give a warning be like um you're gonna hear the sound like make sure you're out of the way at this time and that and that's all you know i didn't consider that yeah that's probably what it is then or if assuming it is a practical yeah when it looked because wesley's like oh yeah the fire like we made through the fire swamps like we hear the ticking so we're good and i'm like Wait a second. <laughs> yeah, but I think it's um, the the scene that I particularly think of when it comes to like using like real things and objects is 
a the fencing scene where like they're like you know Wesley's on the edge and like the bricks you know like start to fall off because it's like an old castle kind of ruins area. Yeah. And the um the pit of despair specifically like that giant machine that sucks out <laughs> life. Yeah, it's, which it's is overly w- complex but also very it fits the time period. Yeah, it it looks practical. They use like the water wheels, you know, and yeah. like it it makes sense like if you look at it like all the levers and stuff like they fit. They fit yeah. within that time period. It looks like something that people ju- you can just build. Granted, like it doesn't make sense logically how something can be sucked out. What's up, McKenna? So the rodent of unusual size was played by little people. Okay. Oh. It, it literally was, says it was not puppets. The the costumes were fifty pounds of latex, fake fur, and rubber, and actors were played by little people. Wow. That could only fit into the rodent suits. That's crazy. I I mean yeah that would make wow. Dang, dang, that's good. That's yeah. good. That's an interesting note. I mean, by the movement it too. Was, that's why I, I was know, like, "Hey, like, I think that's a person inside." Yeah, that's kind of yeah. what I thought when it when the when it was like dying. It was very like naturally moving. I was like, "How would they make a puppet do that?" But now it makes sense. That I mean, it's a human there's being. oh gosh, what's the horror film I saw? It's called Blood Glacier. <laughs> that's it. Blood it's Glacier. Blood. It's. I'm not gonna lie. It's terrible. Blood Glacier. <laughs> It's terrible. It's really confusing, but they have this puppet. No joke. And I just think they ran out of money to make it. <laughs> well, I've got some good but news. But it, it's big as an unusual ro- size rodent, and it, it, it's just uh, it's awful. Anyway, yeah. continue. <laughs> yeah, I, well, I've got some good news for you. Once we enter hollow, uh, spooky season on Input 2. Spoopy. Blood, mm-hmm. blood, blood glacier is coming. <laughs> Stop. No. <laughs> but, um, oh, my gosh. Going going back to the Princess Bride, um, the last thing that I, I noticed looking back on this film was the music. The oh, music yeah. of Princess Bride is fantastic like it's stuck in my head right now actually yeah it it it's very well orchestrated it fits all the moments perfectly it times well with the action in the movie yeah it's mm-hmm. a part like like i said it's like a stage play and in, in, yeah. in a certain excuse me in a certain way it feels live yeah like they play music when wesley's running from one challenge to the next in the beginning and and the fencing part when um, and the, you know, Montoya um, tosses up um, the sword. The music stops, and then once he catches it, it resumes. Yeah, just like the fight. And I was like, well, the oh mu- my God. It, yeah, the music played like as they were fencing. It would stop when they were like not clashing swords, which I, mean, I thought it, was really interesting. I think music now and including in like horror films, I'm gonna go back to. It's too close to to, be- to Blood Glacier. No, no, <laughs> to no. It Chapter Two. I didn't, I didn't even watch that. Good. <laughs> this is because you know that no i know never... i know i know there so many of you have told me how horrible yeah. it is and as on input two we have never spoken about it chapter two ever uh, Sorry, here's Bill's our official card. opinion clown bed thank you <laughs> all right um no but the the music's more often because i mean i they usually do the music after the filming um so i believe like they do it just to keep your attention so and i'm pretty sure there was someone like above them that was holding their sword because of how (laughs) how long that pause was i'm like there's no way he threw it and like they had to have someone like on a board way above them just be like okay i'm gonna drop it now yeah you know look great it does it it does and it it keeps your attention because the music stops and you're like oh no what's happening everything comes like editing production all that comes together it's all again, very intentional. Everything is done intentionally, and this is a kind of film again that only comes once, 
and you cannot re- recreate it unless you're an executive. <laughs> so now that we've spoken in pretty decent length about the Princess Bride, I think we got a good discussion out of it. Why don't we get back to the remake problem? Yes. Uh, so I think we are, are all in agreement here that the Princess Bride is one of those movies that can never be duplicated. No. it You have to try very hard. Uh, and... I'd like us to play a little game. Oh, oh no. Uh, well, I wasn't expecting this. Uh, so let's imagine that we are all suits uh, making decisions for this highly controversial Princess Bride remake. Uh, what direction do you go with it is the first question. Um, I actually was thinking about this as we were talking about um, the Princess Bride. I think it would be really interesting if like they did like... They instead of taking like the grandpa and the son, they would be like they t- they would take the Jumanji approach to it, like him getting sucked into <gasps> the book or something like that. Oh. And, okay. All right. You know, I'm a suit. We're all suits here. We're making bad yeah. decisions. And um, the the main the kid would be um would be you know, Wesley, and he would like you know fall in love with the princess granted like you would have to drop the entire beginning story of how they fell in love in the first place but you know what we're executives Wait, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> we don't worry about that part don't worry about it it never so happens it we write it wesley gets sucked in and we do like a 30 year thing and he pops out or something he pops out and he's still a kid no it, it's, it's, <laughs> a, it's a, no a kid goes into the book and becomes wesley yeah I he becomes wesley which is also oh. the plot of the playmobile movie yeah. <laughs> the Playmobil movie, which is real. No, I know. I saw that. <laughs> yeah. I was like, why? Yeah, you know, like, just like the new Jumanji film. Like, they go they go in and they become, oh, like... Oh, the video yeah, game? Yeah, the video yeah. game one. Yeah. They're making that's... another one with Danny DeVito. I know mm-hmm. that that's happening, yeah. and I hate it. I love I Danny DeVito, so but I don't think I'll watch it. But, yeah, I think they they would take that kind of approach to it if they were going to do a remake. But right. would we CGI the old Wesley or, like, have... Carrie Ellis come you in. Just stop asking questions. You, you just <laughs> you're asking too many questions. You just get a kid who looks like the like a young version of some adult actor who's well known today. Uh, yeah, we're gonna get um Chris Hemsworth. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. We'll get Chris Hemsworth. What about Hemsworth. his brother? Who? Doesn't matter. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Right. I'm asking way what, too many questions. What, what about be a bad what, suit? What about you, McKenna? What direction do you take it in? Oh my god! What sort of changes do you make? <laughs> um, do you make any changes? Do you try? No, do, you, do you try to go as close as possible because yeah. you'll never be able to get there, or do you make significant changes and try to make your own story with it? Like as so, as we we're still going with a remake or a sequel? A remake. Okay. You are remaking the story, not a sequel. How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't make money. You can't you can't just name it the Princess Bride and slap it in theaters. That that no brand recognition there. I'm sorry, whoever's editing. <laughs> yeah, that yeah, it shows up there. I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, oh my gosh, I, I'm not gonna lie. I would probably want to get all of the actors if I could, <laughs> except it's not possible. Yeah, that, that's it's pretty much impossible. Yeah, because like a lot of them are way older now or dead, so it's. It's gonna. It, that would what be if I? Take. Oh my gosh, no! If I were to do it, I mean, if I were to have to make, I would do more of a father-son thing at the beginning, though. But have Fred Savage as the dad. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, that's have Fred Savage. Does Fred have Savage have a kid? I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. Okay, we just get. Now. We would just get another kid. <laughs> no, no, no! You're you're misthinking this. Fred Savage is the is the parent of the kid who gets sucked into the book. 
Wait, we're going with yours? Why? Now we're now we're suits. Yeah. Uh, oh my yeah. That, I was thinking that. I was thinking what they do. But I is, want I want Wallace Shawn still in it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Here's the gimmick. Here's the gimmick. Here's what the, here's what we're gonna do. The kid is watching the Princess Bride, the original movie. Oh. And uh, Fred Savage, now a father, comes in. <laughs> And he's like, I can't believe they turned this my favorite childhood book into a movie. This is terrible. And he shuts it off. And he gets the book out. And he reads the book, but it, with different ad libs. Like Ooh, it's a different. Oh, I like that. Because as we've established, we no, don't know yeah. if the grandpa was ad libbing. Fred Savage tells his own version of the Princess Bride. Well, he mentions Greenland, and Greenland wasn't established till 1979. Yeah. So it's clear that the grandpa was. <laughs> Adeling a little bit. So, you know, obviously Fred Savage, he takes the book, he takes like the core story beats and he tells his own story around it for the kid. Uh, That, I think, would be the best way to tackle it Mm -hmm. Uh, without. I mean, it's good. It'll justify it being different. Yeah. Uh, it'll still have all the same story beats and you can have a, a lot of the same moments. Like Fred Savage might think a joke that his grandpa made was really good. So he'd reuse that line. Aww. Obviously, it fits in yeah. narratively and it fits in as a remake. I just need Wallace Shawn in it and say inconceivable. Uh, and of course, yeah. you have cameos from the older actors. I think they'd recast everyone. If if I was a suit, I'd recast everyone. Yeah, I would too. Uh, because how dare you? You <laughs> Robin Wright yeah, yeah. and Carrie Wesley will always be or I'm sorry oh, I said Carrie <laughs> here sorry. on input 2 we still butcher names <laughs> Robin and Carrie are still my Wesley and Buttercup like Wesley if you're listening to this we are sorry it's Carrie <laughs> Wesley's the character I know I have are so I, disappointed in us I have regressed into just saying them by their character names. Yeah. And even then, I can't pronounce... Including Fred Savage. Yeah. That's his character character name. So, uh, now now that we're no longer suits, imagine you're a cynical moviegoer, tired tired of good movies getting ruined. What do you expect Sony to do with the remake? Have Fred Savage in it. (laughs) They're they're gonna they're gonna get um Dwayne the Rock Johnson to play mm. <laughs> They're gonna get him to play uh the Andre the Giant. Andre, Andre, the Giant. Yeah, Andre the uh, Giant's role. Fezzik? What yeah, was Fezzik. 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 They're gonna get him to play Fezzik. Um All right. just because he has muscles. <laughs> Alright, then who's Kevin Hart? Kevin oh, wait, Kevin Hart's unemployed. Kevin Hart will be uh replacing uh Miracle Sean. He'll be replacing Sean. He'll be uh, you know, Fazzini. He'll be yeah. he'll be Fazzini. Kevin Hart will be Fazzini. Yeah. Oh, that's genius. Yeah. He's okay, short. Actually, oh, he, yes. He's short. He has a lot of temper. And and Dwayne the Rock Johnson will be carrying him like a baby up the mountain. It's true. Exactly. It's right. getting perfect. All right. All right. It's Jumanji we're three. We're, we're getting there. We're getting Jumanji there. Jumanji four. Excuse me. We're getting there. This is getting pretty bad. Uh, can we make it worse? What other changes can we make? Obviously, okay. I'm stepping out of my zone doing this because, good God, <laughs> making making um all the um rodents of a, unusual sizes um CGI, CGI. oh CGI. really good looking CGI too. N- oh no no no! Uh, oh, I'm sorry. No. Is that too expensive? Is that <laughs> no, on the budget? Too, too expensive. Okay, all right. Really bad looking CGI. Yeah, we, we gotta... only have the budget that Venom had. Of course, uh, yeah. Venom looks great, oh as God. we know. <laughs> 
Venom is a great movie. Classic. You sure about that, Taylor? Uh, stand by it. I said it on the first show, and I'll stand by it. Okay. Probably, that's probably like the worst case scenario there. Um, CGI. What else gets replaced with CGI? The six-fingered man? His, his No prosthetic. Don't need a prosthetic. That's ridiculous. What, if we, <laughs> what if we do a double-eared man instead of a six-fingered or... <laughs> a double ear? You mean like all human beings? <laughs> McKenna, how many ears do you have? <laughs> I meant... Oh my God. A quadruple-eared man? <laughs> there we go. Or a triple-eared man. I'm so sorry. It's been such a week. But I feel like the, the worst-case scenario, I'm going to get some like heavy sp- old Spy Kids CGI kind of oh, vibes. No. Wait, from the third one where it's the video game? No, just any of them. <laughs> Honestly. The thumb people. The thumb people. The okay. thumb people specifically. Thumb people scared me. Yeah, exactly. They still scare me. What yeah, are you talking yeah. about? Like the eels. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there, there are a lot of ways you can go to make this the worst case scenario. Can we switch the shrieking eels with thumb people? <laughs> yes. All right, that's in the script now. All right, congratulations, Suits. We've done it. We've created the worst <laughs> remake. No, but but who plays Inigo Montoya? Who do we get? Oh, Blake no. Blake pointed this out earlier, but I think it's... Orlando Bloom? It's Orlando Bloom, right, I have to admit. Is. There he is. All right, then. Who is Johnny Depp playing? Billy Crystal. Whoa, whoa. Yeah, oh, yeah you're right. Yep. He can, he'll, he'll try well, to pull it off. I, I was going to say we try. could get uh, Johnny Depp and Helena Bonham Carter, but I don't think they'll work together again. Ooh. Oh, ooh, no. Tanner. Can't say that anymore. I am not that Is familiar that a- with celebrities. <laughs> They're Are- literally in every single Tim oh, I, Okay, I know. I know. Or almost. Oh, yeah. Okay. I re- yeah. I know Johnny yeah. Depp because uh, certain things <laughs> that he's done. Oh, yes. <laughs> like being the crimes of Grindelwald, which yeah, in itself exactly. was a crime, but not the one he's getting going to court for. Yeah, exactly. But, a, I'm, my God. I'm on getting, fire. Like, <laughs> I'm on fire right now. <laughs> oh, man. Speaking about more mistakes. <laughs> Speaking about mistakes, input too, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, all right. Well, any final thoughts on both The Princess Bride and its, and again, the remake is a rumor. We do not know if it's happening, but it would not surprise I me. I would be so sad. Sad. Sad is the general thought. McKenna is sad. What about you, Eli? The idea of a remake, like you said earlier, is inconceivable, and it shall be always be inconceivable. There it is. And there it is. <laughs> Except to the stockholders who want it so desperately. Very famous people. I, I want the list you, of You killed my original. Prepare it. to die. <laughs> <laughs> and with that... I think that's a good way to close out this episode of Input 2. If you like this episode, feel free to follow us on social media, uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Tumblr. We don't have a Tumblr. We have a Snapchat, though. <laughs> uh, at ByteBSU. Uh, subscribe to our YouTube. Yeah, we have a Facebook. I think I said Facebook. Did you? I'm so out I of I probably it. said Facebook. Yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> subscribe, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, like, comment, subscribe. Uh, follow us on SoundCloud to see if more podcasts as they get posted. Uh, check out other podcasts on our site go to our site bytebsu.com to check out articles and other entertainment content and feel free to check back in next week for another episode of input 2 i have been your host tanner kinney and with me today i've had eli silkland and mckenna cole thank you all for watching